you are listening to a Geek Network interview. Be sure to hit the follow button to get notified when a new episode is available. You can also visit us at geek-network.com for your guide to the geek entertainment news you love. Created for geeks, by geeks, and remember to always geek responsibly. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Today, I have a very special guest, the hilarious Joe Lotriglio. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks, Seth. Thanks for having me, Daniel. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to have you on. I'm a big fan of yours, um, all your comedy work. Uh, But today, we're actually here to talk about your upcoming project, The Outpost. I'm very excited to (laughs) to hear about that. Well, I, let me just quickly um, and kindly correct you um, that it is Outpost and not The Outpost, only because there actually is another movie called The Outpost. Um, just, I just wanted to make note of that, just just for folks out there. But yes, we're I'm very excited to dive into this new um, this new genre that for me um, I've loved since I was about 13 years old. So uh, I was a big fan of. Um, uh, all the all the horror movies of the 70s and 80s and collected Fangoria magazine and read Stephen King. And so this this was a natural this was a kind of a, a lifelong dream to finally be able to make a horror movie. Yeah. And actually, you sort of answered my first question, which was uh, my icebreaker, because um, I did see that your first issue of Fangoria magazine is from 82. So yeah. were you a horror buff before purchasing the magazine or did this kind of just open up on you? OK. Yeah, I was. I um you know, Jaws, like for many of us, was the first movie that really made a gigantic impact on me, um, not just because it was scary and fun, but also it was the movie that made me want to learn how they did that. Like, you know, I was kind of aware of the craft of movie making, even though I don't think I really was consciously. I was just like, how are they doing this? And and so that very much got me into um, not just movie making, but scary movies. And so um, you know, that was kind of the, that was kind of the beginning around, around that time. So I would say, you know, I was, I didn't see Jaws when it first came out. I was about five years old, so about a couple of years later, but around seven or eight, I think that's when I really started to be drawn to weird monsters and scary things. Yeah. Gotcha. And also I do want to say uh, congratulations for having, um, outpost on, Fang- on April's issue of uh, Famigoria. That was a uh, uh, an incredibly high watermark for me. I was at the 13 year old in me couldn't stop jumping around to get a little um, just any mention in Fangoria, let alone an article. So I have uh, Phil Noble Jr. and the staff over there at Fangoria for that. But uh, yeah, I was that was just terrific. <laughs> then as someone who is widely known for comedy, was it challenging transitioning over to the horror thriller genre? Um, uh, not really. I, I think there's a lot of, um, similarities between the two. Uh, and, um, you know, I think that, uh, it's, they're similar in terms of the reactions that they, that they evoke. Um, and so, um, you know, that their, their immediate react, you know, uh, you're, it's either funny or it's scary or it's not. And so there's sim- there is a, a lot of, um, similarities in, in that kind of stumbling over myself here, but, uh, the other the other thing is that on any production or in any project, you just want to create a, a feeling that um, a safe environment, people that really want to be there, 
Uh, and when you're able to do that, you, you often get great work. And that's especially important in comedy where you feel safe enough to be a fool and certainly in, in horror where you're safe enough to be vulnerable uh, in whatever scene you're doing. Did uh, the cast and crew have to do um, learn any sort of special training or uh, any courses, especially with being in a ranger uh, station and an outpost? Um, not really. No, no, there's no courses, although, um, you know, we talked to the Idaho Department of Land. Um, we had some terrific people that were helping us there and they kind of filled us in on, you know, how things are really done up there, um, what would actually happen what the what your day is like um there's a scene in the movie where uh the main character kate uh sees some smoke and is uh kind of reporting it and so i you know i did some research on how exactly the terminology and and what the communication between the tower and the pilot would would be like so there was some research done but no no courses we we, we didn't have to take any any official <laughs> classes or anything like that gotcha and then I read that uh, Fright Fest UK was the only film festival that actually hosted the film. Uh, what other film festivals did you, you know, approach to try to showcase your film at? Um, and what was the pro? And what is the process of trying to have a film showcased at a film festival? Hmm. Well, this is a sensitive question because I have to kind of check my ego here. To be quite honest, I'm sorry. We, we, we no, no, that's all right. We we entered in all of them. Everyone. We didn't get into to any, unfortunately, but Fright Fest was um, quite welcoming to uh, to us and really responded to the movie. Uh, the fans in the UK responded to the movie. Um, as far as, you know, how to get a movie into a film festival, your guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought that um, our movie was, uh, it, our movie is quite good and I'm proud of it. So, uh, you know, I think each festival has their own, um, I guess, agenda and also the type of films that they want to show. Um, you know, the some some festivals uh, didn't even give us a letter, uh, which I found pretty unprofessional. Uh, others asked to see it um, and to, to because they had heard about it and still didn't get back even a thanks, but no thanks. So. Yeah, I mean, you could hear a little bit, a little bit of the um, surprise in, in how many of them handled the submissions. I'm not the only filmmaker that this has happened to. So I certainly don't want to feel like um, it was because of me. But I think ultimately you need to kind of make the movie that you want to make and not make a movie that with with the idea of getting into a festival in mind. Mm -hmm. um, you surround yourself with people that believe in your script that believe in you, um, th that are people that are able to um, handle their jobs well and really, really kind of embrace the experience of making a movie uh, because it's very difficult to do. Um, it's it's quite you, you got to get in the trenches with the folks that are around you um, and really cherish that experience. You know, making a movie is is, is very much a, a privilege and like you. You learn a lot about yourself um, uh, while you're doing it. So uh, I encourage any any filmmaker out there um, to really just make the story that you want to make um, with whatever resources you have, and it will find itself. You know, um, and I think that's what Outpost will do uh, when we when we release it on Friday. 
Yeah. And um, it's going to be a limited release in certain theaters, but I'll be on video on demand on Friday, correct? Yes, that's right. That's right. Awesome. And do you know what that uh, criteria is, um, how some cities are, you know, it will only go to select cities? You know, I'm um, I'm kind of learning a little bit about distribution. Um, Gravitas has been really wonderful uh, in supporting the movie. Um, they have a lot of good people over there that, um, you know, swing for the fences and take some risks. Um, in terms of the theaters, uh, I, I believe that, you know, much of the theatrical release is in order for the movie to be in a um, to be able to be rented at a at a higher price you know, okay. on the video on demand and also be in a, a certain kind of a, a folder, which is it will come up on your screen a little bit sooner and you'll, you'll be able to get access to it if there is some play in movie theaters. So I think that's kind of really what what that's what that's about. Um, and so uh, you, we have a, a theater in L.A. and New York and and I think San Francisco and Dallas and believe, and I believe in Ohio. Um, so there isn't, you know, the the criteria really. Uh, the short answer is I don't know. <laughs> uh, the short answer I don't know really. Uh, I think, but I, the larger answer is for the reasons I mentioned. Okay, gotcha. Well, yeah. crossing my fingers that we get in Phoenix because I'm a traditional movie goer. I actually like going out to the movie theater and see a movie. So. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that's yeah. it's really important. I hope so, too. And and again, who knows if it does very well in the limited amount of theaters, uh, perhaps we can open uh, in, in a handful of others. But it, but it does really kind of address the, the how difficult the the industry of independent filmmaking is. You know, yeah. it's very hard for these smaller theaters to, you know, when Outpost comes to them and we're like, hey, will you play our movie? And they have a choice between us and guardians of the galaxy and which is an amazing movie i haven't seen it yet but that's you know of course that's a movie that is really going to help them make some money so it, it's just kind of a, a product the business model that is out there for independent filmmaking is is very small and it's very difficult um through no fault of the bigger movies that are out there but that's just kind of how the the industry is right now um besides the distribution and um having you know bigger titles out at the movie theater yeah. Um, we all know that indie films can be so powerful, but again, they're always just kind of tossed away to the wayside. Um, you know, what what are some of the other things that uh, independent movies really struggle with or uh, why don't you think they get the the love that they deserve? I think the love is there. And and I think you'll you'll see that when uh, an indie breaks through even a little bit. I think there is certainly a thirst for it, especially with so many of the tentpole movies being very similar um, and not throwing shade at any of the, the Marvels or superheroes or animated features, just kind of, you just want something different sometimes. So, um, I, I think the, the biggest struggle to get independent movies made is, uh, I, I think financing, you know, and so it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to, to find money. It, it costs a lot to make a movie. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to have two other uh, private investors uh, um, jump in the arena with me. Uh, I self-financed uh, as well. And that's not easy to do. I was fortunate to uh, be on a television show for that ran eight years and um, saved a little bit of money instead of buying, uh, you know, a second property. I wanted to do something <laughs> I've always wanted to do since I was 13 years old. So, but not, there's so many other filmmakers out there that have a lot to say that, 
you know, weren't fortunate enough to be in my position. So I think the hardest thing for independent movies is, is funding. Luckily, um, you know, equipment, uh, editing software, a lot of the prices for that has gone down. Um, and that enables a lot of marginal voices to be heard, which I think is incredible. Um, but, but I, I think the hardest thing for independent filmmaking, uh, filmmaking is for the author, uh, the author, the filmmaker to say, yeah, I'm going to do it. That's the, that's the bit. I think the biggest hurdle often is with the filmmaker themselves because you can do it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you maybe may not be able to do an IMAX or, or, or a movie, <laughs> but you can do it. And um, you make a channel uh, on YouTube. You can do it. I think often the filmmaker can be the hardest obstacle for independent filmmaking. Gotcha. But, you know, just from watching, um, reading some of the early release uh, reviews and then watching the trailer, you know, I can see that this movie had a lot of love from you. So you, the author, the filmmaker, I know you put your whole entire uh, heart and soul into it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what it's about, right? I mean, what are we all doing here? I mean, we got a limited amount of time here on this uh, on this big blue marble. Like, uh, let's uh, (laughs) jump in and start um, doing what we want to do and and doing what we say we're going to do. And so, you know, this movie was a way for me to finally um, have 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 something I could be proud of, uh, but also something that I've been wanting to do for a long time with people that, you know, are, are a lot more talented than I am. Like you <laughs> want to surround yourself with people that are better than you. You that's, that's how you do it. It's what I've done throughout my career. You learn from them, you bring your a game, you kind of try to meet them at the level that they're on and you get, you get great things. Um, you know, so much, of, especially filmmaking, so much of it is, seeing if you can um, is personally challenging yourself for uh, a lot, a a lot of different things come at you when you're doing a movie uh, throughout all the kind of phases of making a movie. And each, each phase kind of gives you a new thing, a a new um, hurdle to be like, all right, can I jump over this one? Like after Mm -hmm. we did the first cut, the first cut of uh, Outpost, the director's cut, I was lucky enough to have some filmmaker friends to, sit in on a screening and it was hard, man. You could feel the energy. Like a lot of it wasn't working. I thought I made the biggest mistake of my life. They were incredibly um, uh, uh, honest and, 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 and not at all. Um, they didn't tear it down, but it was obvious there were uh, it, problems in, in, in the cut. And so, you know, that's, you know, I kind of walked into that screen <laughs> with a bit of a swagger, like, oh, man, I'm this is it. Get a load of this. And then the reality hits you in the face. Thankfully, I'm I'm glad that uh, that that happened. The movie's a much yeah. better movie now. It's a shorter movie. It's a it's a more coherent movie. It's a more streamlined movie. Uh, it's a scarier movie. So that was that that big um, kind of punch in the face was worth it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and also, I do have a question for you. I- um curious about this. Uh, did you have any other ideas setting wise on where you wanted the film to take place or uh, was, you know, Ranger Station slash Outpost um, the route you originally always wanted to go with? Th- that was the route. I mean, to answer that question accurately, it's really about how this how the story came about. And I kind of reversed engineered what this movie was going to be about, because what I did know is that it was going to be a very low budget it was not going to be a big cast and I wanted to try to get the most production value 
um, for the movie. And so I started thinking of areas and environments that look beautiful, that like you just had to like run a camera there. And, you know, being on top of a mountain was one of those <laughs> places. Um, and again, I, I didn't really think far enough to be like, how am I going to shoot a movie on a mountain? That's not going to be easy. Um, however, before I had that kind of realization, I just started thinking of stories that might take place on a mountain. So an okay. outpost, and you know, an observatory certainly was one of the first kind of settings that came to mind. So from there, I started thinking about, well, what what story could take place here? What you know, what? What might we tell in a place like this? Okay. Yeah. And then uh, from the trailer, a lot of uh, the special effects, even the gorier ones, uh, look very uh, practical. What would you say is your favorite one from uh, from the movie? Well, I don't want to give any spoilers, but I, you know, I will say that I um, there is a um, moment where someone's kneecap gets Ooh. poked. Um, and you know, although it, it wasn't, uh, um, you know, it wasn't as complicated, a, um, a practical effect. It was one that I felt was very visceral. And, uh, and so I enjoyed that one. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> Just so we like wince and be like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> and then, uh, coming from acting, writing, and now, um, this being your film, um, direct, uh, director, uh, debut, uh, what would you say is your favorite hat to wear? And what are some of the biggest challenges that come from all three hats of being an actor and, and director and writer? Yes. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, I just, I, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoy all of them. Um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Was the question just how I handle all three of those or do I like it? I'm sorry. Uh, what's your uh, favorite hat to wear? So oh, favorite hat. Favorite. Yeah. That's, that's, and- <laughs> I, I would say that um, that's, that's really hard. Um, I mean, right now uh, this, I've been in such a director hat mode for the past uh, few months that I've just enjoy wearing the hat, but um that's a hard one, Daniel. I gotta say, because it's it, they they all offer a lot of different things. What I like about writing is that you know I can do that on my own. I do like writing and collaborating, but if there's no one, and um, I, I like being proactive, and I get a lot of kind of uh, uh, joy out of of just of writing. Um, acting is wonderful to be around other actors. I love actors. I love kind of bouncing energies off like that. Um, and that's what I'm most familiar with. And that's what I've been doing for like most of my life. And with director, you know, a director, it needs to be a, um, a great delegator and have a terrific vision and be able to answer a lot of questions. And I, I love watching other people excel. And as a director, that's what you get to do. You get to say like, oh man, this, um, this set is amazing. And I can't wait to put the camera on this part of the set because this production designer just crushed it and hit it out of the park or, you know, this, um, this effect, you know, if I put the camera here, this gore effect is going to look awesome. And, you know, <laughs> Kenneth worked so hard on this uh, to make this work and it's going to look great at this angle. And, and so as, as a director, you get to really kind of lift other people up. Um, and I, and, and that's just the best feeling in the world. Okay. Gotcha. Do you, do you think that um, if, you were ever to make another movie and uh, you were to put yourself in the actor's chair and director's chair that you could give yourself some pretty solid self-direction? Or do you think that'd be a little bit of a challenge for you? 
I did. I tried that before on Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> I directed an episode, and I didn't. I didn't love it. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, I really, you know, I, you know, I'll never say never. Who knows? There might be an idea that um, it might be a role that I'm very easy can easily do that I write for myself. But I've always found I, I like kind of when directing to be able to keep my eyes on everything that's happening um, in that respect. When you're acting and directing. You know, as an actor, your job is to react mm -hmm. to whatever is in front of you and your actor and, and to listen um, with the director. You you have a lot of other eyes, not a lot of other things you want to be looking at um, while the take is going on. Um, and so it's hard. It, it's almost impossible, I feel, to do to do both, um, to do a good job as an actor uh, and a director if you're in the scene. Um so many people could do it uh, well, too. Like, you'd know, you know, um, and we all know uh, actor directors that are really great at what they're what they do. I just like kind of picking one or the other. Gotcha. And also, I do want to go ahead and uh, ask you, what do you hope uh, viewers take away from your film? I hope that they have um, a good a good scare uh, and a good unsettling but fun little roller coaster of a, of a ride. But I hope that. Um, People come away with how important um, the mental health uh, uh, is, um, that nothing is really black and white in, in terms of, um, you know, people that commit um, just a, a terrible uh, violence, um, that there that there's a lot to consider um, when someone is dealing with uh, PTSD. Uh, so I, I just hope I hope viewers come away with. Uh, a more three-dimensional view of, 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 of violence and, and um, the pattern of violence and how important it is to break that pattern by, by getting help um, for yourself if you need it. So some awareness uh, for that sort of yeah. thing. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, here at Geek Network, uh, we are strong advocates for um, any sort of mental health. Uh, you can check it out on our website, geek-network.com. And we do have uh, mental health awareness uh, tab on our page so you can follow that um and we're, actually... we're lucky that it's being <laughs> you know that um that's great daniel that that yeah. the has that i think that's important i mean we this is mental health awareness month may is so we're very yes. happy that gravitas really made an effort to get this movie out during during this time um and i and i applaud you for for promoting that on your site thank you and this is actually my last question for you um, if you could give your younger self any piece of advice, uh, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, you have time and your, your, your path and your achievements will come, uh, in time. Um, I would, I would probably tell my younger self to be patient and, um, and know that if, if you keep, if, if you keep on keeping on and keep your heart true to your creative path, it'll, it'll, it'll get there. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's what I would that's what I would tell you. <laughs> uh, relax, it'll come. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty solid advice. And um, yeah, so just uh, want to go ahead and wrap things up really quickly here. Um, so for the um, for this episode and other podcasts like it, um, you can go ahead and find us all across all socials um, at Geeks AZ. Uh, our site is geek-network.com. Uh, my name is Daniel. You can find me on all social media, super K-A-M-I, Danny, um, across all socials. 
Um, and actually, Joe, um, besides the movie premiere, which is uh, uh, Friday, May 19th, um, any additional projects you'd like to plug in? Um, any social media handles you'd like to throw yes, out? Yes, thank you. Um, all the information for the movie theaters and on-demand links will be at outpostmovie.com. Uh, you can follow us on um, on social media. Um, mainly it's at outpost underscore the underscore film. Um, but um, we're on uh, TikTok, Twitter and, and Instagram, uh, either under that handle or just at outpost uh, uh, the movie. Um, and I think <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. And then upcoming projects. I'm lucky enough to be, um, a guest star on, on Muppets Mayhem. I was a big Muppets fan as a kid. Nice. And, um, an upcoming, um, series Monsters at Work on, uh, Disney, which is, um, you know, coming up, uh, soon. Awesome. I was hesitant because <laughs> our, us, us artists are in the midst of a strike, but those yes. are, um, those are, uh, projects that are coming up. If uh, we had a little bit more time, I would definitely ask you about, you know, how you feel about the writer's strike, what you hope to get out of it as well. <laughs> I, you know, it's quickly, I think all artists um, just should be paid for the work that they, what they do. And I'll just say that what's happening in the, the Hollywood industry is, is just indicative of many industries where uh, across the country that um, where, where labor is, is being underappreciated and, and taken, uh, not uh, taken care of as well as they could. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And um, actually, last thing. Uh, so there's no conventions for you because I know you've done some pretty geeky stuff uh, and yeah. done a lot of animation, but no uh, no upcoming conventions for you or anything like that? Not yet, but um, uh, I hope uh, I'm sure soon um, uh, I'll be I'll be there. None, none, none in the immediate future, but um, I'll be open. I'll be open to going okay. at some point. Well, I hope hopefully this week gets uh, all the love it, it truly deserves because uh, there's a lot of horror conventions popping up. So hopefully, you know, we can catch you at one of those. That would be great. And thanks again for having me, Daniel. This yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joe. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You too. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.